Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Heel Turn, our live weekly wrestling show and the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Not Cool. It's not just cool, it's not cool. We're here to talk about this past week in professional wrestling and football? I, I, I guess. As we're going to talk about anything but Raw, we're going to talk about SmackDown Live, we're going to talk about NXT, and we even got a little bit of news from the world of the XFL. Today was a crazy day. I'm Owen. And we are joined by you in the live audience if you're watching us streaming live over at twitch.tv slash online. So if you're in the chat, say hello, say what's up, make comments, don't say anything terrible. And if it's something worthwhile, I may say it on the show. How's everyone doing? It's another Wednesday. We're in December now. And you know what that means. That means in a few weeks, we are going to start putting together our list for the best and worst of 2018. And I'm already in discussions trying to plan out when we're going to record those. And, you know, get in our final lists of nominees. So, if you're wondering, you know, if you're new to the site... Um, the last two weeks, or should I say the week of Christmas and the week of New Year's, will not be live streamed. Instead, we'll have these stupidly long podcasts where we argue and debate and figure out what the best and worst of the year are. So, hopefully, you'll join us. And hopefully, it doesn't take six hours each. I think last year was about four hours long each, which, all things considered, is not so bad, but... I have a feeling there's a few things that are going to need some heavy discussion. So what else is happening? Uh, everyone's losing their minds because this Friday, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate comes out. That's a game that I have preloaded for some reason. But really, the thing people should be excited about? Katamari Damase Rerolled. That also comes out on Friday. And... I am going to have equal time playing both games, because Katamari is great. And if for some reason you didn't have a PS2 and didn't play Katamari Damacy, you're missing out. That game's incredible, the music's great, you roll the things and it gets bigger, what more can you ask for, really? So that's what I'm looking forward to. Also, this past weekend, a little something happened called PAX Unplugged. Which I was uh, getting to play host to as a Philadelphian. So we had some great people out here. The Rhythm Bastard, uh, you know, longtime listener and a patron of the show, hung out with me. And uh, the League of Heels, which I'm a part of, put together a little show called Everyone Can Wrestle. And on that show, we had games people, and we have actual professional wrestlers from Chikara and Kaju Big Battle compete in a card game to declare a king of of the cardboard. And it was fantastic. Uh, an edited version of that's going to be going up on the League of Heels YouTube channel. Uh, the, the PAX 2 uh, channel on Twitch has an archive of it. It was a lot of fun. It's the most wrestling you're going to get at PAX. 
I, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, spoilers, an actual professional wrestler won the tournament. Uh, Ophidian, the Cobra Man. Big scary Cobra guy. Yeah, he won. He's the champion. And also, he's fighting for the uh, Jakara Grand Championship coming up. So, kind of a big deal. So, congratulations to Ophidian. It was great to meet him. Super cool guy. Real, really digs what we do at League of Heels for some reason, so he keeps coming back. Since, if you don't know, he also participated in Paxomania 2, which was the first show I was really officially a part of. Crazy. So yeah, congratulations to Ophidian. Make sure you check out the archives of that stuff. It's a lot of fun. As long as you don't take wrestling too seriously. Which, if you're watching this, you really shouldn't be. And yeah, that's that's all, that's all the updates I got. And if no one has any questions or comments about PAX in the chat, I believe it's time to move on over to the wrestling news. So... We're going to actually save the XFL news for the end of the show. Because if you're watching the video version, we have it listed at the bottom there. So don't worry. We're not going to skip over the XFL stuff. We're just saving the, the best slash worst for last. So let's get into the actual wrestling news. And uh, there's two stories. The The third one will bleed into the actual you know weekly TV shows, but... Yeah, uh, this morning it was reported that the Dynamite Kid Tom Billington passed away at the age of 60. Real shame, if you don't know, he was one half of the British Bulldogs, and today was in fact his 60th birthday. So not a lot of details out about the passing right now, but it's it's a real shame. 60's not not that old. So, uh, you know, send thoughts and prayers out to his family and his friends. Real tragic. But, you know, hopefully, eventually, we'll get out of this period of where wrestlers are dying way too young. I think that day will be soon. And uh, the other big news is that NXT TakeOver New York, that's right, it's called TakeOver New York, not TakeOver Brooklyn, Despite the fact it's in Brooklyn, at the Barclays Center, at the same venue as all the other ones, they're going to take over New York. I, I don't know. I, don't don't ask me. I didn't. I'm not naming the shows, but they are moving it from the the originally planned Saturday. It was supposed to go Hall of Fame, Takeover, and then WrestleMania, as it was last year, but. They are now moving it to Friday. Which means me, a person who will be in New York that weekend, may possibly be able to attend TakeOver New York. Because it it was originally slotted for the Saturday, and that same night, Ring of Honor and New Japan are having their G1 Supercard show at Madison Square Garden. And I have tickets to that show. But apparently, now I have a chance to get tickets this weekend for TakeOver. 
Since I'll be in the area anyway. And uh, if you're wondering if it's because of the MSG show and they're scared about ticket sales, don't be. It's That's not the reason. There's no official reason, like, given, obviously, and there's nothing I've heard to say it's because of the MSG show, but the show's going to sell out anyway. They're just moving it. I don't know why. It does mess up things with the uh, the Joey Ryan penis party and some other shows that are happening on the Friday as well, so... Sucks for them. There's going to be a lot of wrestling in New York that weekend. I know that uh, DDT Pro is going to do a show. You know, the Joey Ryan thing, uh, the Spring Break show, or, you know, take, take, take over New York or whatever it's going to be. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, I'm sure Kaiju's got a show that weekend too. It's, it's a busy weekend for wrestling, so. Not everyone can have their own, you know, separate time slot, but. This takeover stuff sure throws everything off, doesn't it? If I hear any news about, like, an actual reason for the move, I'll let you know, but. I assume I'm not going to hear anything. They don't need to explain themselves. It does give the NXT people, like, more of a break. But it also means the Hall of Fame is going to go real late, as usual. And the people who have to perform the next day will probably want to get to bed. Which I thought was the original excuse for why they moved TakeOver to Saturday. But, who knows? That's all. That's all I got for the news this week. If anyone has anything that I missed, let me know. And with that, I think we're going to move on over to talk about the weekly TV shows. And uh, the first one is Monday Night Raw. Uh, if, If you're a patron and you read the show notes last week, what I wrote was, oh, fuck. This show is really bad. I'm looking at my uh, my show notes for Raw this week. It says, "Oh fuck, it got worse." Yeah, I'm not even gonna try to point out th- things from this. I wrote my notes, but all I could say is, Dean Ambrose is in a gas mask. Rhino lost his job. Baron Corbin sucks. They handed at women's tag titles. Uh, um, I don't know what else. I, I didn't watch it. And that brings up that third news story I was alluding to, and that's, uh, nobody watched it. Uh, Oscar in the chat says, Drake Maverick pissing on things is content of the year. He did. I know for a fact. Drake Maverick did not piss on anything this week on Raw. And that's why no one watched. Well, it, it may be one of the... I don't know. The reason I didn't watch, I I had a valid excuse. I was at the Monday Night Football game. Where the Eagles beat the Washington Redskins, as they should. But everyone else, I don't know. I don't know what you got. Maybe you just realized that last week was bad and you're like, nah, I'm good. 
Raw's not a good show. But yeah, this uh, was the lowest rating in modern history of the show. I was talking to someone earlier, and they said, yeah, this... In, they don't know the numbers from, like, the really early episodes of Raw, but in the past 20 years, this is the lowest rating for sure. Uh, Oscar's talking about how ratings are down literally for all TV. Not, not sports. Ashley's NFL ratings are going up, despite what any doofuses or WWE Hall of Famers may say. The ratings in the NFL are actually going up, so... When it comes to live programming, that isn't an issue. Or it shouldn't be an issue. But apparently for Raw it is. Because uh, it's a 2.26 million viewership this week. And that's real bad for USA because uh, starting next fall, they're paying a lot of money for Monday Night Raw. And you know, the, if you want to know the reason why the USA is, you know, trying to get all that, that, uh, you know, those deals for Monday Night Raw to make sure it stays on their network in that primetime slot. It's because usually Monday Night Raw's high viewership boosts their weekly overall primetime numbers. And they can promote that they're the most watched cable network in primetime because they got a live show every Monday night in one of those slots. Well, you know, if the ratings keep sliding, it's kind of an issue. That's not, it's really not helping their case here. And honestly, it doesn't really feel like it's, it belongs in the sports category. That's why I'm talking about it's not just sports, it's live programming. That is the category it should fall under. Because live programming makes money. On TV. That's why you have those live results shows. And those live. You know reality things. Like for example. America's Got Talent. When they do the live shows. Big ratings. Because it's live. And anything can happen. No way to get spoilers. You, you're not in the zeitgeist. Tweeting about it. If you're not watching it live. But yeah. Raw's rings are going down, and that's not helping USA, so I'm sure they're not happy about this. I don't know if the WWE cares or not. That's the problem, because they keep dealing out this bullshit on Monday every week, and it's not getting any better. And what's a real bummer is you can watch, you, watch, you look at Tuesday night, and that's a pretty solid show. That's not me being a SmackDown apologist. It's just a fact. Like, anyone I talk to goes, Yeah, Raw sure is unwatchable, but I do like SmackDown. Because they actually have compelling stories, and good characters, and great action in the ring. Raw just... I don't know. I would like to be able to watch Raw again, but at this rate... Might be a lost cause. Might be something that I may just keep doing this every week of talking about it in passing. Going, yeah, here's some things that I noticed happened on Raw. I can't tell you about them. I didn't watch it. It's real bad. Even with it being a solid show, the rings are still worse for SmackDown, says Oscar. And 
yeah, the ratings are lower for SmackDown because it is being told to you straight to your face that it's the B-Show. Especially if you watch Survivor Series. Like, yeah, fuck SmackDown. Raw's the show you want to watch. Also, Raw's the one with Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar. Occasionally, Brock Lesnar. It's where Roman Reigns was. It's where the big names are. It's just just their flagship show. SmackDown is always looked down upon. And only the real dedicated people tune in because for all the, you know, non-hardcore wrestling fans, they tune in for Monday and they go, yeah, that's enough wrestling for me for the week. I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And that's the problem. Raw makes you not want to watch the SmackDown show. And it sucks because SmackDown's really good. People should be watching SmackDown instead. Everyone watch SmackDown. It's a good show, I promise. Speaking of which, we should stop talking about Raw and actually talk about SmackDown because I wrote things about SmackDown. SmackDown was a good show. First off, we had the opening segment. Uh, Oscar says, I thought Becky Lynch was the savior of all wrestling. Yes, you are correct. Unless you're watching Japanese wrestling, and then that's a different story. But speaking of Becky Lynch, we opened the show with a women's championship contract signing. For the triple threat that's going to take place a week from Sunday at TLC. It's between Asuka, Charlotte Flair, and the savior of all wrestling, Becky Lynch. A.K.A. The Man. And I really enjoyed this segment. Because it felt more like an actual you know, discussion among people. Becky, Oscar, Oscar, I'm not gonna, no, I'm not gonna say that, I'm not gonna say that on the air, what's wrong with you? You're bad. But, yeah, um, it was, uh, it felt more like an actual conversation among real people than a scripted wrestling segment, where I'm gonna say my thing real slow, and the next person's gonna say, I'm gonna say my catchphrase. And talk trash about you. And, you know, just go off and exchange like that. This was three women with vendettas against each other, talking shit, talking about how great they are, and argue, like, legitimately arguing, like, talking over and interrupting each other, and getting into a real war of words. And it was cool. Essentially, it was Becky saying, yeah. You couldn't get the job done against Ronda to Charlotte, and, and and then also you couldn't even beat Asuka. And Asuka's saying, Charlotte got lucky, and also, Becky, you've never beaten me. And Charlotte saying, fuck all y'all. Because she's an asshole. <laughs> no one likes Charlotte. And I appreciate now that they're finally, like, booking Becky as a badass babyface, and Charlotte as a shit heel, And it's great. They've finally done it right. And if you follow Becky on Twitter, which you should, because it's the best, she's, like, praising the fans now 
for supporting her, and they're on this ride with her. So she's full-on babyface, and it's wonderful. So this segment ended with Becky just straight-up leaving after signing the contract. And then Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville interrupting and throwing it out there going, well, they signed the contract already, but what if they didn't make it to the match? They might need replacements. And Paige straight up made the ma- tag match with Charlotte and Asuka against Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. And it was a solid match. Like, I'm starting to get impressed with Sonya and Mandy. Like, they're actually bringing it in the ring. And the match did its did what it was supposed to do. We had Mandy get put, yanked off the uh, the apron by Asuka. Asuka get on the top rope. And Charlotte accidentally knocking her off with a kick. And that causing Asuka to come in and blatantly hit a slide knee to Charlotte and knocking her the hell out. The, that their team lost because wh- who cares about this match when there's a championship match coming up and these two need to not be on the same page. And they stared each other down. Becky was on the outside holding up her belt. It's great. I love this. This is my favorite storyline going into WWE right now. And I hope... I hope this is the main event of TLC. I don't know what other match you could put at the end of the show instead of this one. Like hell, even the WWE Championships feud isn't as hot as this. (coughs) It's not like the Universal title is going to be there. We're not going to see that bell until the Rumble, if we're lucky. So what else? Uh, we had a triple threat between uh, Jay Uso, Xavier Woods, and Cesaro to hype up the fact that we're going to get a triple threat tag match for the tag titles at TLC. And I'm curious if it's with the... Uh, the rules of that triple threat are going to be. Is it going to be three men in the ring at once? Or is it going to be two active men at a time? With these three teams, I think they could totally go with the one legal man from all three teams in the match at once. Because this this triple threat right here was just showing how great their chemistry is. This match was action-packed. It was enjoyable. The, the big spot was Xavier Woods being on the back of uh, Cesaro for a helicopter spin while he was also swinging Jey Uso. I believe that was it. It may, I, I think the roles may be switched, but I'm pretty sure those were who was in what position. Either way, it looked crazy. Cesaro continues to be the best and most underappreciated person. And, uh, what happened was, yeah, that's right, it was a, what, I don't know, either way, what happened was that Xavier was got knocked out of the ring, 
Jey Uso hit a super kick and pinned him. And uh, Jey Uso won. And yes, as Oscar is writing in all caps in the chat, next week, the Usos versus the Bar in a rap battle with the New Day as the hosts. Wow. That's gonna be something special. I really am really interested what kind of really dirty disses we're gonna see from Seamus and Cesaro. Because we already know that the Usos can bring it from the last time. That's gonna that's gonna be good. I'm look I'm really looking forward to that one. Um we also had Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy having a match because these two need to keep fighting. Oscar points out that the same that the rap battle is a segment that's pr- practically immune to diminishing returns. True, right? These rap battles were solid. I'm looking forward to it. What what could possibly go wrong? What what terrible thing that they need to cut out later could they possibly say? So, yeah, we had Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy in uh, another match for reasons because they can't leave well enough alone. And uh, the match was fine, but the point of the match, though, was that Jeff had cleared the table, the announce table, and put Randy Orton on it, got up to the top rope, and was interrupted by... Samoa Joe. Who is uh, bartending for some reason. He's at a local bar. And uh, this distraction leads to an RKO out of nowhere. And Randy Orton picked up the win. And uh, no Oscar. I I do not want to see any more things involving the ear hole of Jeff Hardy. Thank you very much. It was an upsetting time. We need to move on from it. No, 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 no more ear hole shenanigans. You can't top what happened at the uh, at the Hell in a Cell. But yeah, Samoa Joe was hanging out in his bar, pouring a beer, thought giving us a PSA about the the issues of you know over drinking, and saying you can have a beer and have a good time, but. Don't drink 14 beers and go to jail. Drink responsibly. Oscar, I'm not reading that. That's that's gross. That's not good. But yeah, Samoa Joe was kind of like on the on the edge talking about Jeff's addiction problems, but this week he's just blatantly talking about it and it was pretty good. I, I think this is going to be a, a fun storyline, especially because Joe is 100% right and people shouldn't, you know, be over drinking and getting in trouble. And yet the commentary talked about how despicable Joe is for trying to show Jeff the right way. Pretty funny. It's pretty funny. And, uh, you know, Clearly, I don't think they're going to uh, tackle the addiction to drugs or pills or anything, because 
that's like not the best subject to do in a PG show. And also, it's just generally not cool to do. So them focusing on alcohol, I think, is a smart choice. And it gives Joe something fun to do. He gets he gets to be a, a smarmy asshole. It's fun. I like it. Good on Smojo. Better than what he did at the uh, at the Survivor Series, which don't need to talk about. And then uh, the last thing on SmackDown was uh, the new Danny Bryan, which is the best. I don't. I've had a conversation with someone earlier today who was talking trash about how Danny Bryan should be the top baby face of SmackDown, and oh, they're making him a heel, and it's ruining everything. Hear me out. Danny Bryan was floundering in his return as a face. People were like, "Yay, it's Danny Bryan." That's cool. It's good to have him back. But now he is the focus of the show, and he's being an asshole, and he loves the environment, and he hates all of us, and it's amazing. He's reading his books. He's quoting Alexander Hamilton. He's yelling at people that they're fickle. Like, hell, the part where he talks shit about the fans is chanting what? Because it's a 20-year-old catchphrase, and they're too stupid to come up with anything else, was great. Screw those fans. They're fickle. 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 And then he yelled at everyone for, you know, eating factory processed meats and drinking out of plastic water bottles and essentially changing the climate. It was great. Oscar says the most evil people in WWE believe in climate changes and vaccinations. Yeah. And the most good person on the WWE believes that the world is flat. What's your point? Everyone's terrible in wrestling. AJ's going to save his flat earth his own way. He's not going to listen to Danny Bryan's climate change bullshit. But yeah, this is great. I really enjoyed this segment on Ms. TV. Ms. tried to get Brian to admit that he was right the whole time. And Brian being, no. uh, All I did was one night I kicked a guy in the dick. You all are just assholes all the time. I just did it once. Screw all y'all. It's fantastic. Then AJ Styles came out. Brian threw Miz at him and set up a, ma- a match for the main event, which had Brian on commentary, continuing to be an asshole. One of my favorite parts was uh, Tom Phillips reading tweets from upset fans to Brian, including one person saying that they don't believe in their dreams anymore. And Brian just paused for a second and said, These people are idiots. Which is 100% true. All people on Twitter are idiots. So, he hates the internet, he loves the environment, and he hates you. The new Danny Bryan. That hyperbaric chamber made him evil and pretty badass. 
But yeah, AJ Styles ended up beating The Miz. Brian came in, beat the crap out of him, used the, the heel hook, and that's how the show ended. It was great. And a uh, quick update on the Mixed Match Challenge, which is heading into the semifinals next week. Uh, we had the SmackDown playoffs this week, and I believe it was the Fabulous Truth, Carmella and R-Truth, beating Jeff Hardy and Charlotte Flair to advance, because Charlotte's going to be busy at TLC and can't be in the the uh, the finals match. And uh, the other one was uh, The Miz and Asuka beating uh, Jey Uso and Naomi. And I'm guessing that means that they have to lose too, unless Asuka's going to be doing double duty. It'll be interesting. That's the weird thing about the, the MMC now. Now that the finals are at the pay-per-view, you really can't have too many big-name people in it, because... They're going to have other big matches on the pay-per-view. So, I believe the final, the semifinals come down to uh, Finn Balor and Bailey against Jinder Mahal and, uh, and Alicia Fox. And Miz and Asuka against R-Truth and Carmella. And I think it would have... It would have to be Balor and Bailey against Carmella and Truth. That's what I think. I don't think they would have Jinder move to the finals, but who knows, really. Th- this whole thing is weird. The fact that Jeff Hardy got pinned by R-Truth is weird. Who knows? I think I would like R-Truth and Carmella to be the winners. Because, you know, not only do they get the number 30 spots in their respective Rumbles, but they get to go on a vacation. And the, you know, the photos and videos of the, these two going on a weird trip together sound like gold. So let's, that's who I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for Fabulous Truth to win the whole thing. Because why not? Do you have anything else to say, Oscar, about the Mixed Match Challenge or SmackDown before I move on to NXT? Because I think both were pretty solid this week. And we're not going to talk about Raw. Fuck our truth Dang, that's rude. Dance breaks are the worst? I disagree. I think they should be longer. And I think they should be with more people dancing. Hell, if I was in the arena, I would be dancing along with the dance break. I don't know why Oscar hates dancing. Dancing is great. Let's uh, let's move on over to talk about NXT. Uh, Oscar, no. Jinder should not be in the files. You just like him because he's former world champion and he's Canadian. We're moving on. We're talking about NXT now. NXT! It was a show that happened tonight. They were back at Full Sail and Mara Ranallo was back. So that's good. And then we got this first match and I went, wait, what? 
because it's between Matt Riddle and Punishment Martinez. I didn't expect this guy to show up, but yet here he is making his NXT debut. Punishment Martinez. Uh, these two actually trained together, so they know each other very well. And this was a cool, hard-hitting, fast-paced match. But uh, it ended with uh, Matt. It was quick because Matt Riddle got him into the bro mission. And uh, when Punishment wouldn't tap immediately, he decided to break it for a second, club him in the chest repeatedly, and then put it on again. And then Martinez tapped out. This was a good showcase, though quick, for Matt Riddle, because we hadn't really seen him show off his stuff. He had that one debut match, and then the Cassisono match that lasted three seconds. This was good. It was a familiar opponent. It was a good, it was a good fast thing. Matt Riddle went up on the, the apron to celebrate, and then Cassisono attacked him and knocked him off the ramp. Because he's an asshole, and apparently this feud's still going. Oh, joy. After that, we got an interview with Ricochet outside near one of the production trucks. He, he points out the fact he hasn't lost at a TakeOver event, and he expects to keep that momentum going. And how he's going to do that is he is going to defend his North American Championship next week. And he's going to go off to William Regal to talk about it. So, there we go. We got a big-time match coming up next week with Ricochet defending his title. And if we know anything, uh, titles can change hands on the weekly TV. Does Dan Ricochet lose the ladder match? You're right. I think he's talking about singles matches. Or something. I don't know. The ladder match doesn't count. I don't know how. Don't, don't, just ignore it. Ricochet's in the right. Just don't, 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 don't think about it too hard. In three weeks, there's going to be a fatal four-way to crown a number one contender for the NXT Women's Champion. Chip. And uh, Bianca Belair, since she's undefeated, is already in. And they're going to determine the other three in the coming weeks. Then we got Humberto Carrillo and Raul Mendoza taking on the Forgotten Sons. Represented this week by Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler. And uh, first thing I write here is, boy, I sure don't care about the Forgotten Sons. These, this team bores the shit out of me. You know what team doesn't bore the shit out of me? Heavy Machinery. And they had a, they had a video package later of them working out. I want them to come back. They're great. You know what else is surprisingly great? Humberto Carrillo. Because he put in some work in this match. Including, uh, he did a, a cool springboard elbow off the, the ropes. He did a missile drop kick off the top rope. And uh, he did a rolling standing moonsault as well. So this guy impressed the hell out of me, despite the fact that he's a jobber. 
So keep an eye out on Humberto Carrillo. Guy, guy can go places. Unfortunately, it wasn't into the victory column this week because the Forgotten Sons, the team with the actual gimmick, got the win. Shame. Uh, after that, we got an interview with the Velveteen Dream by Kathy Kelly. And uh, before the interview starts, Velveteen Dream snaps his fingers. His music starts playing and the lights turn purple. It's a cool superpower he has. Uh, she asks what's next for Dream. And he talks about mentioning how everyone's talking about him. Even tri- people talking to Triple H about him. And, uh, you know, all that. And his answer is... Leaving you. Snaps his fingers to turn all the stuff off and just leaves. It was... It was a kind of nothing segment, but... It was fun to see Dream do his thing. It just didn't... really serve any purpose. After that, we had a uh, a rematch of Dakota Kai against Shayna Baszler. This is a rematch because uh, these two had a match. This is actually their third match. The first match being the one where Shayna stomped and broke Dakota Kai's arm. The second one is where uh, uh, Nikki Cross got involved at the end. And... Un- unofficially pinned Shayna. Well, this is the third one. Maybe maybe things will turn for Dakota Kai. Maybe she'll get the win this time. Except the fact that Shayna has her goons with her. Or the, the, the other two-fourths half of the four horsewomen. Dakota actually gets in some good offense with her kicks and makes Shayna retreat. But when Kai chases her, uh, chases her leg gets caught by Shayna and rammed into the uh, into the ring post, and it looked real bad. Shayna tries to do the stomp to break Kai's arm again from that first match, but Dakota gets it out of the way in time and goes for a schoolboy a schoolboy for two. Didn't quite work out. Uh, Kai starts rallying again with a, a flurry, kicks to the head while grabbing her hair, gets uh, Shane in the corner and does those running kicks of hers that are real good. She gets uh, she gets Shane down, gets on the top rope, and does a uh, double stomp, pretty much a coup de gras, but for two. What I do appreciate from this spot, though, is that as Dakota was climbing the ropes... She was, like, doing her best not to use her injured arm. Like, delicately touching the ropes. That's a good detail. You know, actually selling. I appreciate it. The Kodakai is pretty good. Uh, After that, Shayna gets control of her arm again. Then does a superplex to Kai off the top rope. And uh, then she puts the Kodakai in a... In her choke for the uh, the pass out victory. Shame. Kodakai, she should have won. She needs to win eventually. But Shane's the champ, so I get it. After the match, the uh, the other two ladies come in and they 
start circling the Coda like vultures until Io Shirai comes in and makes a save. So, it looks like we're continuing this feud even if uh, Kairi Sane is out with an injury at the, at the moment. Yeah. After this, we get a uh, a video for Dijakovic, which is uh, Dijak's uh, new name in NXT, I guess. And he's a kickbox man, I think. He's beaten up one of those, uh, you know, hanging bags around the performance center. I don't know. MMA style guy. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. All I do know is that I like, uh, Dijak, so bring it. Then we get the, uh, the main event segment of NXT, which was the Tomas Ch- Ciampa promo. Uh, he calls out that Mauro doesn't believe in him, along with everyone else. But he points out Mauro specifically and yells, Mamma Mia, I'm still the champ! And they keep cutting to Mauro, who looks very upset at all this. And as he starts talking shit, he gets interrupted by Aleister Black. Who uh, apparently absolved Johnny Gargano at TakeOver. And uh, he says, uh, fuck all this, I'm invoking my rematch clause at NXT TakeOver Phoenix. Which is the one coming up for Rumble weekend. But Johnny Gargano interrupts, and he isn't finished with Black. He doesn't give a shit about this absolving him or whatever. This is over when he says it's over. Because he's a sore loser. Uh, Ciampa makes a fun comment here and says, Wow, I love when you leave Johnny Wrestling in the back. Now you're Johnny Badass. To which the crowd appropriately chants Johnny Badass. Uh, and while, uh, while he's hanging out on the apron on the other side of the ropes, Ciampa starts kind of, you know, poking the bear here and getting these two under each other's skin more and saying, you guys put on a hell of a match at TakeOver War Games, but one thing was missing. It should have been you two inside the steel structure. So why, why don't y'all have a cage match? And leave me out of it. And, uh, yeah. What happened was that they start talking shit. Gets real heated. They're like, fuck yeah, we're doing a cage match. I hate you. I hate you too. I'll fight you. I also said, I'll fight you in the parking lot. Even. And Gargano's like, yeah, how'd that work out for you last time? Oh, wait, I took you out for three months in the parking lot. You, you dick. And, uh, Black goes for the black mask. Gargano dodges, gets out of the ring. And then he hits out, hits Tomasa Ciampa with the black mask because he wasn't looking and he's dead now. And that's how NXT went off the air with the stare down and Ciampa being a heap on the ground. It was good. Aside from the Forgotten Sons, who I don't give a shit about, this was a real solid episode of NXT. And it looks like the build toward TakeOver Phoenix is already hitting the ground running. 
to be fair, it's next month. So yeah, we we should we should get moving. But yeah, that's what we've got from NXT, and uh, we have one more segment before we uh, call it quits and get out of here. It's uh, our pal Oscar who's been hanging out in the chat. He uh, he sent me uh, he sent me some news today from the world of football, and I think we should listen to it. So here is Oscar's regular XFL update. Where's the kind of football that the NFL used to be? Where's my smash mouth wide open football? This is your XFL news correspondent Oscar Bernard here with the most smash mouth update yet. The XFL unveiled today where the eight teams that will be playing the first season of the new XFL will be located. We've got Dallas. They're playing at a Globe Life Park. Houston out of TDECU Stadium. Los Angeles at the MetLife Stadium. St. Louis, they're playing at the Dome at America's Center. Seattle at CenturyLink Field. Tampa Bay at Raymond James Stadium. And then Washington, D.C. is going to be at Audi Field. Now, I don't know about you, but I am pumped about these new XFL teams. And you know what? Even though my even though my beloved Toronto, they didn't get a team, I'm still going to be watching the XFL. And I got to just... I don't have a team yet to root for. I'm just going to go with whoever's got the most smash mouth best players. All right? That's all for the XFL news, but it was a meaty one this week. Back to you, Owen. Th- thank you, Oscar. Um... Meaty, huh? Smash Mouth. Why don't you just root for the New York team? I'm sure they're going to be called like the... I bet Maybe they'll call them the Hitmen again. Who knows? It's... I don't, And I don't know why you're upset that Toronto didn't get a team. Philadelphia didn't get a team, and I am stoked about it. Because I don't want that thing near me at all. Zori, two teams way too close to me. Oscar says, fuck New York, and I can't disagree with you on that one. Fuck New York, indeed. But what if they're New Jersey? No, no, they already announced it's New York. But they play in New Jersey. So, kinda? Sorta? I'm gonna, I might possibly be at that stadium in April, so, I don't know. I've never seen a football game there. It's not gonna be an XFL game if I do, though. Do you want to know the most interesting part about this XFL thing in the eight cities that they selected? Three of these teams, three of these locations, New York, D.C., and Dallas, have NFL teams in the NFC East, which is one of the like hottest divisions in the NFL. Only one of the one of the cities in that division does not have an XFL team. And that... Wait. What do, what do you mean LA is playing at... Met- no, L- Oscar. LA is not playing at MetLife Stadium. The New York team is playing at MetLife Stadium. The LA team is playing at the StubHub field. <laughs> what are you talking about? It would make no sense that a team in L.A. would play in a New Jersey stadium. Come on, dude. 
But as I was saying, the one team in the NFC East that does not have a, an XFL team, Philadelphia. And that's because we don't give a shit about any other football but our Eagles. Go Birds, defending champs. But yeah. That's uh, that's it. I think Oscar's having a breakdown because he can't understand that an L.A. team would be playing in L.A. and not in New Jersey. But that's it. That's it for Heel Turn. We're going to call a show. It's a production of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool. It's dot cool. Fuck you, Oscar. I'm not reading that comment. We stream this show live every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time over at twitch.tv slash ozone online. And if you want to check out all our fun stuff, head over to prowrestling.cool. It's an actually working URL. And if you would like to support us financially with all the expenses it takes to run this and the website, you can head over to patreon.cool. That's an actual URL that will take you to our Patreon, where uh, for as low as a dollar a month, that's about 25 cents an episode, you get access to all the show notes from all these episodes of Heel Turn. And then if you bump it up to nine ninety nine. Pretty much the equivalent to a network subscription. You get a bonus exclusive podcast every month. I'm going to have to chat with with uh, with Trace to figure out when we're going to do that since we have all these other recordings to do. But we will at one point have a preview for Wrestle Kingdom. That'll be up for the patrons. So make sure you look out for that. Thank you to everyone who's already subscribed and helping us. It means a lot. It really helps us keep doing what we're doing. If you want to follow on social media, on uh, Facebook, search for ProWrestling.Cool or Facebook.com slash PWDOTC. On Twitter, at The Heel Turn or at PWDOTC. We have, we have two Twitter handles. And if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at The Underscore Ozone. Yep, that's it. Thank you. Uh, th- thank you to everyone in the chat for joining us as well. Oscar, it's not Philadelphia, it's Flipadelphia. Get your references right, sir. Uh, we're out of here. We'll be back next week. Next week will be our. Uh, it'll be our preview for TLC. I'll my predictions and all that. So make sure you check out about that. And uh yeah. Until then. This podcast is a part of the Zonecast Network, produced and edited by Owen Douglas. Find more of our shows at zonecast.com.